so grateful and thankful to join together in the love of God shining in our hearts and in our minds. So grateful to consciously attune to our wholeness and our holiness. So grateful to come together to recognize our perfection and to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit itself so that we can see with divine sight. This is what we're calling forth tremendous insight, freedom. Our hearts are open, our minds are open, and we're celebrating the love that we already are. So grateful to welcome all of our clients, all of our loved ones, our friends, everyone in the activity of our lives is blessed by our coming together here and now. We are consciously relinquishing any thoughts of less than or not enough and we are sharing the benefits with all beings. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Let's see, I'm just gonna move this computer out of the direct sun. It's heating up. All right, so. Uh, just like to make an announcement that the next Spiritual Counseling Training Intensive uh, Super Early Bird is over tomorrow. And uh, you do, anyone who's been to the intensive can return and do it again for $500 discount. I think we just have to uh, do it through um, Glazy and then uh, we can have that. And then uh, same for the Super Early Bird for the... Um, teacher training. And Sue, I know you'd like to come to the teacher training, so you, you don't have to uh, register early if you, if you like. Um, and if I don't get a, a quorum on the teacher training, I will, um, I, I, I won't, uh, I'm going to make that decision earlier rather than later. So if you're thinking of doing it, uh, but you're just not registering now, please let me know because I, I may um, cancel and do a retreat instead because um, more people w would like to attend a retreat and they're asking me to, folks are asking me to do that. So I have a commitment to all the people who would like to have the professional trainings. So um, that's my first um, offer. All right. Questions? Anybody got anything going on? Lori. I was just going to say, Kel, you asked a really great question at the community call and maybe pose it to Jennifer because it was a good one. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to do that. Um, my question was... Um, so like I see a lot of clients in the mental health setting, as you know, and um, so my question was like with the client, my clients who um, present with suicidal ideation <clears throat> and how to work with that from the, the spiritual counseling perspective. Um, and like also to work with that from the spiritual counseling perspective, but with clients who don't necessarily use that language or are spiritual necessarily, but wanting, like,
Like I want to approach it in the same way, but maybe using, you know, different language that fits, but still, still be able to offer that same kind of support and healing to that, to those kinds as well. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, it's interesting. That was one of the things that came up very strongly in Venerable's class today. So I would encourage you to listen wow. to that. Okay. And then she and I just had a call and we were talking about that as well. Her sister committed suicide um, a long time ago. And so she has all kinds of experience with that. And I actually asked her if she would consider doing a class. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, one or two part class on on uh, if you feel suicidal if you have loved ones who are expressing that so some of the things I know having felt suicidal myself and worked with people who uh, have uh, relatives who have committed suicide, as well as folks who have suicidal feelings. Uh, number one, what uh, many people don't quite realize, unless they've been there themselves, is that a person who is thinking of killing themselves, it's not just, I mean, first of all, Let's, let's, let's break it down from a spiritual perspective. So, when the thought of killing yourself appears, is that an ego thought or a spirit thought? It's an ego thought. Yeah, it's totally an ego thought. Because the spirit's not going to have the thought of suicide because the spirit can't, can't die. It's eternal, right? So now there are different variations on that feeling I'd like to die. So have you ever had that feeling? Have I? I, had, I went through that um, period after my breakup with my ex a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had like ongoing or much experience with it, but I personally went through it. Yeah. At that time. Okay. So do you mind if I ask you questions about that? Sure. Okay. So, uh, and then you can share too, Laurie. I think that would be helpful. So, Do you have a sense of there, 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 do you have a sense of really if you were going to boil it right down into a very succinct statement, what was it that made you feel like you didn't want to live anymore? Um, it was the the hopelessness about my pain not feeling like it would ever end so my emotional pain and also my physical pain at the time not feeling like it was ever going to not be that way exactly exactly 
that is the key for people who are um, who actually kill themselves, who or try to. So people who try to kill themselves but don't succeed, um, in, when they're interviewed about it, they, they will tell you that they had, even for just a moment, 10 minutes, they had this very clear sense that it was hopeless. Life was miserable and it could not improve. Hopelessness, zero zero chance of it changing. That's the thing that tips people over the edge, is the very thought that there is not one thing worth living for. This life is an endless misery. It will not improve. In fact, it'll probably just get worse. Um, that's what compels people. And people often, it, it like, In the, in the Buddhist teachings, they talk about the maras, M-A-R-A, as being these thought forms that seem to take life and become like beings or uh, tempting devils, uh, whispering in your ear, that kind of thing. And um, that if you think of them as manifested thought forms uh, of destructiveness that probably most of us have had an experience where you, if even for one day, you started having a negative thought and then it just snowballed into just an absolute utter nightmare. And it, you know, it just keeps getting worse and worse. It's it, and snow. The snowballing effect is a is a really good image for it, because it's it's the like attracts like. When when our mind starts uh, ruminating on dark thoughts, it, it it becomes like a magnet for dirty dark thoughts, just like. If your mind is, if you start focusing on the positive, you start focusing on love, you become a magnet for loving experiences. Same thing. It's just like attracts like. That's how this universe works. And so for people who get into a dark groove, it does seem to get stronger and stronger and stronger unless they interrupt that pattern. And the pattern can get interrupted all kinds of ways, you know, like their child could crawl into their lap and look at, up at them with love and laugh and hold their face and turn the energy. Someone's dog could come and put their head in their lap and then they remember, oh yeah, I love this dog, this dog is so, I could never leave this dog. What would the dog do without me? And then, you know, so, Lori, do you want to share your experience? You know, for me it was, I remember having that talk with God. I had reached the hopelessness point, and um, I was in the hospital with pneumonia. And I had just moved from California to Asheville, and I got really, really sick. And I remember just laying there and being in so much pain. And I was in pain both physically, but 
I was emotionally in pain too. I had reached probably the darkest emotional point of my life. And I remember just thinking, what's the fucking point? Like literally, that was like, what is the point of all of this? And I remember saying, you know what, God, I'm done. Unless you have something else planned for me, unless I'm meant to do something else, I'm done. I'm not going to miss this place. No one's going to miss me. Something's got to shift. I'm done. And I fell asleep and I woke up and my fever broke and I started feeling better. My life took a turn, but I got to that point of enough's enough. What's the point? I can't do it. And that was enough of a shift to kind of shift things for me, but I've, yeah, I was there. Mm. Glad that fever broke. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. For me, I just decided I couldn't do it to my family. I had to just slog on. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I was not, I mean, I was miserable. But it, 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 I, I, looking back, it was really just my, my ego just thought there's, I cannot succeed in this world. It's only going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. So um, it was, for me, it was a sense of failure and unhappiness, unhappy, hopelessness for sure. Uh, so to me, one of the key components in helping people to move out of this uh, sticky mindset is gratitude, cultivating a practice of gratitude, because anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. And it just instantaneously lifts your vibration, instantaneously. And um, another thing is that it's so critical to understand, I think, in order to help people, what it is is that it's an ego death experience is, is what is being uh, called for or asked for. Uh, this is what is the, the, the feeling that a person is desiring, that they want to escape. So if we look at it from a spiritual perspective, each one of us has constructed a script, a life, a personality, all of these different things, right, to serve our spiritual growth. But if we lose track of it and we can't see the growth, then we, it feels pointless and hopeless. When we're not willing to... Uh, practice compassion, non-judgment in these things, then we're not learning from our experiences. So we're just spiraling down, having more and more negative experiences. So forgiveness, self-forgiveness is going to break that pattern. I remember once somebody called me and said, I can't remember exactly how it came to pass, but somehow they got a hold of me. And they said, Jennifer, you don't know me. We've never met or connected before. But 
I know who you are and I was able to get your phone number and I'm just telling you, I, I feel like I'm going to kill myself before my child comes home from school. I'm just like, I'm on the edge. I really want to do it. And uh, I just want to do it before he comes home from school. And so I just said, I, I can help you. And, you know, we can do this. I'm going to give you something to do. Are you willing to do it? And she said, yes, I am willing to do it. So I said, write this self-forgiveness letter right now. Make sure you write it to yourself about yourself. And then call me back. You know, I'll be waiting by the phone. Call me back. So she did. She called me back in about two hours. And she said, oh, my God, thank you. I feel so much better. And so what it is is we're it, it, the person is absolutely just consumed with self-judgment and self-attack. Um, because the person who's projecting it outwards in hatred has a reason to live. <laughs> you know? um, their hatred will keep them alive for a very, very long time. But when it's self-hatred, uh, it, it, it just becomes this implosion. Like a, a, you think of a, a, a black hole that just absorbs all the light. It's like that. So self-forgiveness and gratitude are the practices. And we, you know, really can be just, I'm grateful that, um, you know, there's ice cream. I'm grateful I have uh, Netflix. I'm grateful. It could be anything, you know, just anything. Uh, I'm grateful I like the taste of beer you know, or whatever. Um, but getting them into a practice of gratitude will lift their vibration up. Um, and, and one of the keys to me in the psyche is that when the ego's moved into this perspective of there's no value to this life, can't find the value in it. Uh, of course, the ego is shut off from the true value of life, which is are expressions of love. So there are no expressions of love uh, that this person is willing to receive and is sending. And that's part of why they're, they're like a, they, they're in that dark matter kind of place. Um, so finding if there's anyone or anything that they do love, and then you can actually, this can be very powerful like I, I've said to people, think of someone that you loved uh, at any point in time. Or, or, or it could be think of a moment when you felt loved. And some people have a hard time finding a time when they ever felt loved. Most people can think of something, but not everyone can. And so, but you could say, like, did you ever have a dog that you felt really loved you? Just think of that dog loving you and how much that you had a heart connection with that dog. That, that can definitely work. Um, and then ask them to amplify that feeling with their own gratitude that they have experienced love in this lifetime. Uh, and love is love. So it will, it can help raise the vibration, open the heart to the possibilities of love.
the so the ego is a false construct right and when we want to die it's because our identification is with this construct that is false and that is not succeeding within the ego's definition of success and their interpretation of what they're experiencing is it's all not good it's all not enough it's all failure so all of these things are not true and they're identified with this perspective so the main thing to help them do as far as i can uh tell you is to shift their perspective pain is a wrong perspective so let me ask you kel when you've been in pain what would shift your perspective Um, well, my cat, like you said, my cat was tremendously helpful. Um, just having, uh, um, particularly like having my cat to care, to care for, like my cat needed me to take care of her. Mm -hmm. That was probably the main thing. I mean, just listening to your podcasts at the time. I was like, before I did any of the classes, I would just listen to the the shows like repetitively. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, definitely thoughts of like, like I, I never at the, during that period of time, I didn't have any specific like really like intention or plans on actually doing it like it was always just thoughts um so i mean a lot of times they would come up when i wouldn't sleep because i had really bad insomnia from the health stuff at the time so like sometimes just like trying to sleep or rest would help it just because i was like looping in my mind because i hadn't slept in two three days so um just doing something relaxing and but yeah it's probably mostly my cat <laughs> and sometimes it's it's people that it's so what i'm hearing too is uh that so there's the thought i don't want to live and then there's the fantasy of escape this could all be over but then there's the people who actually think about it and plan it but a, a, a lot of people are thinking about it for a while, not planning it. And then just suddenly something happens and they, they just, boom, they go over the edge very, very quickly. So helping them to see that a shift can happen if they choose it. 
But I, I really, I, I think self-forgiveness, I, I, I would have them write that self-forgiveness letter or talk it out in person. And then really help them to see it's about, I think of release and replace. So, if, and this is something that worked really well for me is I release the, uh, even just the willingness to think the negative thoughts and just say, no, I'm going to change the channel right now, changing the channel. And uh, sometimes you have to change the channel just again and again and again all day long. But that willingness to keep changing the channel to what you'd like instead of what you don't like, that is going to build up a, a muscle uh, of um, a willingness I also would tell people, ask the angels to help them see the, the beautiful future that's there for them because they can't see it right now. Now, that might seem crazy in a setting like yours, but um, it, it's a really, it's a great thing to do because it works. And of course, you can ask that. You can ask the angels on their behalf, um, and then you. And so, if you don't want to bring up angels, and then you could say to them, "If you could miraculously get a peek into the future of your happiness, your incredible happiness and success in the future, would you be willing to work towards it?" So I totally understand, like, don't talk them out of their hopelessness now. See, I totally honor and respect where you are right now. But I'm just wondering if it were miraculously possible that I could just pull up on my phone a video of you five years from now, and you're super happy, and you're feeling so grateful for your life, would you be willing to stick around for that? And if they say yes, then you can which I think most people would, then you could say, great, let's work towards that together. We'll do it together. I mean, for me, I, I like to partner with people, even though I don't ever need to do a second session with them. It's just like, you're not on your own. I'm going to help you. I'm here to help you. That's my, you know, and, and that's my thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that with you. How does any of that feel to you, Cal? Yeah, that feels good. Um, because like when I, when clients present this to me, I have the benefit of they're not actually feeling suicidal when they're telling me, they're telling me about when they felt it over the course of the week. Right. So like the, the, then I feel like the work for them becomes like, if I said that to them, if I asked them that question, it would be how can we, when you're feeling that way again next week, because usually this is like a recurring thing with the few clients I'm, I'm, I'm working with, with this, would you be willing to, or try to become aware of this, I guess, in some, some way. It's like how you were talking about the willingness lately with 
am I willing now? Yes, great. But what about am I going to be willing on Friday evening when when it comes back? So, um, yeah, I guess I would maybe want to say something like that. Like, I don't know how you would maybe present that. Well, you know, and this is one of the reasons why I made that list of what to do in case of freak out or meltdown. I think it's really good to give people a handout, you know, that they can carry with them. They can put it on the refrigerator and stuff like that. I, I don't know how that would be for you professionally if you would have, um, you know, just legal whatever, uh, you know, could you legally do something like that? But uh, those things, you know, and you could adapt it to your own whatever, uh, but those things really do make a difference because every time people take, and they tell me all the time, people tell me all the time that it does make a difference because what it does is it gets them into action uh, for their intention to help themselves. And that's right then they've taken a 180 degree turn and now the darkness is behind them and they're facing the light. If they're doing even just a, one of the things on the list, you know, that drinking that big glass of spring water. And because, um, you know, people, some people are drinking alcohol. Alcohol is a depressant. Duh. But still, or they're just, you know, they're not eating. They're eating crap food. They're not drinking enough water. They're drinking lots of Diet Coke or whatever it is that is not supportive of their life force. So would they be willing to do some simple things like get out in nature, drink a glass of water, and set an intention, an intention to let this go? And would they be willing to do, take 10 deep breaths and be grateful uh, for 10 things one at a time while they did those deep breaths? Um, another thing that people can do is they can do what in Kundalini they call the three-part breath, where you're just you're laying down and you breathe and you you um, as you breathe in you're expanding your diaphragm, and and then so it's like your your body kind of uh, goes up and goes down, you know, and it's not up here; it's down in the lower part of the body, but just taking deep breaths, laying there. Um, will often release a lot of energy in a very, uh, and sometimes people will start crying and crying and crying, and then they'll get to release a lot of what's stored up. Um, but the, the main thing I, I think to be aware of for you is to, that they are identified with a being that is hopeless, helpless, failing, cannot succeed, these are the identifications with, but, and those things are not actually true for them. Just because they believe them does not mean they're true. So helping them to see that this is their perspective, but it's not a true perspective. And I think of, uh, that's why I say the thing about, can you imagine two years from now or a year from now, because I think of my friend Mark Anthony Lord, and he wrote about this in his book. I forget what it's called now, Seven Words Something. Um, he tells a story about when he 
was in college, he felt suicidal. And he was thinking about killing himself. He was in his dorm room. And he went into meditation. And in the meditation, he had an experience where his future self appeared in front of him in the chair opposite him and said, uh, please don't kill yourself. You have an amazing life ahead of you. It's going to get so good. You really want to stick around for this. You're not going to believe it from where you are right now, but life gets really, really good. And um, then when he was 40 years old, he was in meditation and he had the experience of being projected into his dorm room and he said he could smell it. He was really there. And he now was on the other side in the other chair talking to his younger self when he reached that age in his 40s. So we all have a script that includes extraordinary magnificence and awakening. And we can access it, but it's like my, uh, my directing teacher used to say at USC, she'd say to her, her advice to actors, because she worked with a lot of uh, world famous actors, she'd say, focus on the light, the dark will take care of itself. Focus on the light, the dark will take care of itself. So that, that for me is a very powerful thing. Just, I mean, that's from a perspective of a filmmaker, a writer, and a director. Don't focus on the darkness. The darkness is embedded in the story. Focus on the light parts of the story. Um, but in our own lives, focusing on the light, not on the darkness. But the ego is the, the reverse. So as soon as we start focusing on the light, we're more closely identified with our higher self. And the more we're focused on the dark, the more we're identified with the false self, the failing self. So that, that is the, the way to flip the switch. But, it, but it, all of that wanting to die, it, it's the direct result of self-judgment, extreme self-judgment, extreme. That's why there's nothing to live for. There's no connection really in that moment with the spirit when we want to die because there's nothing to live for. There's all the things that the ego lives for are not worth living for. We know that. They're just, it's like living for cotton candy. You can only do that so many days and then it's not enough. Even for the most sugar addicted child in the world, it's not enough. Anybody else like to add to this? Sally? Well, a couple things come to mind. Um, really appreciate this discussion. And <clears throat> even though uh, I had a little trouble logging on, so sorry I'm late, but um, we had an awesome community call on this topic on Friday. And this is the beautiful continuation with your tips or comments. Um, so several things came to mind um, that 
in, in the course of the discussion, but I, I, uh, and that one was um, was when I when I moved to Hawaii, um, I in, I would you know, I pulled money out of my house in Oakland, and I and I invested with the wrong guy, and he he turned out you know he um, you know we had twenty thousand dollars we had to come up with, and we were trying to get a vacation rental together. And he just lost faith in me being able to do it while I'm just new to Hawaii. And he made an agreement with a friend of his to do the cleaning and marketing. And he made this agreement behind my back. And it was within 10 days of my arrival. We, we were signing papers for a $3 million loan within seven days of my arrival. And then when, I, when this was revealed, um, a few weeks later, when she was driving up to do the cleaning, he, I, I go, I am, what's him doing here? I'm, I'm going up to clean. She goes, he goes, oh, I might as well tell you now. And I had several, I might as well tell you now moments with him, but that one was the first and um, it's devastating because he basically said, I can't deal with you or her. And so what, and I was turning 50, I was gonna be, um, well, it was middle of July when I got there. My birthday's end of August. So I was there a month. And then coming back for the birthday party that we had planned, did big dance, to an, you know, and, um, and everybody's asking me how it's going. And I'm saying, it couldn't be worse. It could not be worse. And then Katrina, Katrina happened. And all of my people from Louisiana were plumping with, with all of them, you know, craziness of people suffering and then the next thing is we had a year I think it was a year and a half before she was out of the picture she was advertising our property as um uh on the beach we were not we were overlooking the bay um uh he was very defensive about lying and so I would say just be honest with me and he'd attack and I called it defend and attack and he'd, he'd say, you know, um, blah, 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 story, story, story. I ended up in a very victim place. I thought I, and I, I had one relevant thing was um, that I wanted to share was, oh, it took us a couple months to get going and then we went to his mega church and it was, and when on the second time when the guy mentioned the devil again i just about got up out of my chair to leave went and that pissed him off but i didn't move he could it was energetic you know i didn't have to um so but i thought should i'm going to i'm going to that church that his friend talked about unity down the, it's down the street from us the next week and when i went into that church that morning his message was I mean, this is my memory. He's standing up there and he goes like this and he goes, when, you, when it's like this, if you focus down here, where are you going to stay down here? If you focus up here, hey, you balance out. And I thought, this is a message that's very helpful for me right now. And then they said, we need volunteers, you know, for the Sunday school and the nursery. And I said, oh, no Sunday school for me, but I can hang out with toddlers. And they, we, had, we had the church service on a video thing. So that first week I met 
Cindy, and she was my fourth best friend that, um, so I had three dancing friends in California and one Hawaii friend. Cindy was my mentor. She, we, we got into the Unity licensed teacher training classes. I, I took all 25, six, whatever. We, she says, when, I'm, when we're sitting around on one of those week long things down at the Unity, the, you know, the big church, we, 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 we had a ministry training program. There, were, there was about six of us, a couple different islands and everybody's not drinking. And I go, I, I haven't been drinking since January 1st. I'm a January 1st. I'm a, I'm a, I'm someone, you know, it's either Monday, the first of the month or January, you know, or the new year. And, uh, and she goes, maybe you'd like to come to our 12 step study or to our step, step study. And then by the time I'm on the fourth step where you're listing all of your defects, I think it is. I'm going, no wonder I had no interest in this. No wonder. God. And then the fifth step, I'm sitting on the beach with the, you know, when we're doing the fourth step we're, that week, she goes, for the fifth step, you need to have a, um, what, do you, what do they call it? You got to have a, a sponsor. And I go, oh, I don't have a sponsor. And she goes, I'm, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm your sponsor. And then we're sitting on the beach for three hours going through my whole list of grievances. And I'm, um, and, and, you know, there's a few other times when I went to an acupuncturist or a massage and she goes, and I'm going, but it doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop. It's constant. How can I change my thinking? How can I change my perspective when it just doesn't stop? It's every day, it's something else, I'm just, you know? So I was aware of the victim thinking, but I, and I, and so then in church, oh, there was another really cool guy. I'm not gonna remember, I'm not gonna go that for that story at the moment, but he, he had a, he had a download and he has mind consciousness, mind consciousness and, Mind, consciousness, and thought. So mind being universal mind, consciousness being, and, and then the thought that you can change the thought. And there, for this weekend workshop, was one of the women in the church that became my therapist and my friend and my, I mean, we, so I would come in every week and say, I don't see how to change my thinking. Because the next, I wake up the next, you know, I, we go to bed fine and we wake up the next day and he's yelling at me or I'm yelling at him and it's just not working. And I'd shared on that community call that the closest I got was, you know, thinking I could swim out, just keep swimming. Cause I, you know, if I just keep swimming, what happens when I get all the way out there and, you know, nobody, you know, my, whatever. Um, but I, back to the discussion at hand, I, I could really relate to being in that low point. And I'd shared on the call, Jennifer, that, you know, I got 26 years of a diagnosis of bipolar, 26 years of managing the energy flow of up and down and um, better and better, but still. So right now I have energy, you know, and I was joking. I was sharing with one of my prayer partners. It's like, if, if you hear me sharing on a community call or in class, I'm on the up. 
if you if I don't turn on the video or I don't say anything, you know, chances are um, somewhere on the other part of the continuum. And for me, what I just I just um, I just wrote it down, but you know, the idea of taking a walk is just. I mean, it's a great idea. My sister would call up. Why don't you just go take a walk, Sal? But I could go five days without leaving the house. But the idea of breathing deep breaths, laying in bed, I could do that. And I also would always show up for a prayer partner when I have a weekly call. And that's, the, that's what she's saying to you for your weekly appointment. It's like, I show up for that. You know, I'll talk about it and then, or my mastery circle where, you know, depending on the week, how God works, it, it, it's uplifting. It's uplifting. But I, I always think, you know, I'm, I'm going to, um, and another thing that worked for me was I remembered that I was in despair before and then it got good again. And, you know, and a therapist would say to me, did you think you would never have a love partner? A love, no, no one would ever love you. You know, you know, you would never have a relationship again. That, that There's just no way. It's like, well, yeah. But then I had one. But then that one didn't work out. So that was the other thing that kind of worked is to go, you know, it's, it's going to it's going to shift. And, and, and I did mention, you know, I think, I don't know what the current statistic is, but so many suicides are bipolar. It's a highest number percentage of in, 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 you know, so I, I should look up the current statistic, but when, when, when I hear someone's killed themselves, you know, taking their life, it's like, wait for it, wait for it. Yes, they have a history of bipolar. So <clears throat> I think it's sometimes tougher for the people that just have depressive order because they don't get those highs. Mm. It's, it's very, you know, at some point my brain is going to shift one way or the other. And then I'm in that mode where I can visualize. And, and I just, I'm going to wrap it up by saying this. This year is just something else because... I had one month where I can visualize my active, you know, pre-activation session. I can see it. I'm healthy. I'm whole. I'm awake. And then the next month I'm down and it's like, that is fucking, I mean, just like so many other years, you know, good idea, but I don't think, you know, so then I couldn't write the letter, couldn't write the contract to you. I have all the notes and then I'm up again. And I'm working on it again. But, but then when I'm up, then I get busy and things get done. But then I'm down again and um, reflecting on, you know, the very helpful to have a non-self-judgment practice. But I, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up by saying, you know, I can go a whole week or two and go, well, I'm not judging myself, but nothing's getting done either. You know, I'm not the contract. I got the whole list, the bio for my spiritual counseling thing, the, you know, the calendar for book it like a bot. All these things are not done. And 
it's easy to get overwhelmed and then I end up, you know, on that, on the losing my vibration instead of raising my vibration. So that's what came to mind when I was listening to you guys. I don't know if any of that is helpful, but it's certainly a topic that, um, and, and I, you know, as far as spiritual counseling and my bio, you know, one of my questions that I go back and forth on is, do I want to talk about this at de depression? And, you know, is, is one of the, the things that I, I have some experience in. <laughs> but the bio is in words shaped in the contract and the letter to you of where I want to be at the end of the year. <laughs> so that's, and, I'm, and I get to see Jennifer on Thursday. I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. fly I fly first thing in the morning and all night all day and um we have our it's gonna be a wonderful weekend. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And uh I think it's just up to you if you would like to share. I think people would find it helpful to I think it's very helpful to have a counselor who has um, been dealing with the same things and has perspective on it and encouragement, someone who hasn't given up. Or, um, and I also just am wondering, Sally, do you hold the, the vision of a life without this condition? No, no cycles anymore. That's the vision. Good. And, and so when we talk about pain is a wrong perspective, you know, I, I haven't really got wrapped my arms around it yet. But there is something I, I've wanted to ask you, and maybe this is a good time, and that is in one of the mastery circles one morning. You know, our mastery circle is every week, and we have two to six people show up on any given week. Um, so there's just two of us that day. And I was, I was saying to her something about making the loving choice, but that's what I was wanting. You know, I was trying to make loving choices for myself. And she goes, all choices are loving, your love. <laughs> and then she says, um, and I, I have, you know, notes on this because she goes, um, and I'm saying, well, Jennifer's been talking about loving choices. And that really is something that's, that I, yeah, it's helpful to me. But she's like a course in miracles by the book, but this and the loving, you know, so um, without going and finding those notes, I just found myself on two, two different levels. One is, oh, I really need to review the text before I'm manage, you know, before I'm facilitating a study group because these questions come up and I don't have as much experience as you. Number one, number two, um, that uh, loving choice. What? Well, I'll just say this: I do hold that vision, but when I'm in the low place, it's like I'm not beating myself up, which is different than years before, which yeah. is a big improvement. I mean, that non just just the non-judgment practice has shifted so much in my life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, 
it, it's it's uh, feels a little like taking two steps forward and two and a half back or one and a half back, <laughs> and then trying to move forward again. And each time I get a new prayer partner, you know, it it feels like it moves forward because we're I'm sharing with someone new, and I have yet another moment in the week when I'm devoted to devotion and compassion and remembering the truth of who we are. And that really um, helps me get back to that vision. Yes, yes it does. Thank you for sharing all of that, Sally. Yeah. Um, we do have a few minutes left. Uh, uh, I just want to see if anybody had any other questions, any other topics that you'd like to bring up. If no one does, I, 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 I have another. Sure. Well, another thing that we talked about in the call was just how beneficial it has been to be living life as a spiritual counselor, whether we're certified or not, that um, it, it is, you know, no one's keeping track. I certainly, the I've just found that in all these discussions with my new friends, you know, I, I lost four best friends and now I got some new friends and I'm wanting to be a supportive, loving friend. And so happens that, you know, one's got, you know, survived cancer, another one, it was, you know, here's one, she, 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 she says to me, I'm very intuitive. And I know my boss is trying to get rid of me. It's ageism and sexism, and he's trying to get rid of me. And I'm talking with her about, well, gee, I know you're intuitive. You have, but you also have two voices going on. One, spirit is saying, hey, maybe it's time to go. Maybe you retire early. Time, time to make a change. And the other voice is going, it's ageism, it's sexism, he's trying to get rid of me. And I'm intuitive, so I know what he's doing. And that's a two-hour phone call on, you know, a, week, a weeknight. And then, and, and then when that was resolved, because she's retiring, then it's with the boyfriend. Well, I, God, you can't call a 75-year-old man a boyfriend. <laughs> really hard. Her, her, her sweetheart. Her sweetheart. So then it, um, she said the other night, I, um, I could read it, but it says, I, 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 I don't want to take it personally, but I do. And so I wrote back and said, if you, are you familiar with the book, The Four Agreements? Do not take it personally. And she wrote back and goes, I love that book. And then, now, you know, for an hour, a few days later, she's talking to me about, she takes it personally. He hurt her feelings. And I'm sometimes challenged <laughs> to have the patience uh, or know what to say, you know, to, um, to like, have not the same conversation over and over again. Yeah, yeah, it's totally understandable. And one of the reasons why uh, you, you might feel impatient about having that same conversation again 
is because your spirit is not in alignment with giving that space for her to have that same dump again because um, she's energizing something that's not helpful to her. If the, it's one thing if the conversation is healing and something is resolved and there's a new decision, but if it's just uh, the hamster wheel spinning around, then um, your spirit is going to feel agitated about supporting that. And that can be felt as impatience. Um, but it's also your ego's judging it as wrong and bad. So the thing to do in that moment is to recognize that her false self is identified in this particular way uh, as a victim and that this is happening to her. Uh, but that's not what's actually occurring, right? It's not actually happening to her. That's her perspective. And so... Uh, she has a choice to take things personally or not. She has a choice to view. Yes, thank you. Yeah, she has a choice to take it personally or not. Um, everybody has stuff that happens with their family, with their friends, with their workplace. Everybody has stuff that they have the choice to take it personally or not. So um, I'm going to be quick here because now it's like yeah. one one minute till and that is um so this has been evolving over the course of you know the year or whatever and um last night was very interesting because her sweetheart calls me on the phone to, to commiserate because i just had a root canal just got toothache over the weekend couldn't fly with that and i had a root canal and so so he called to to say i just had a root canal and I said, I was thinking of you. I was going to call. And he goes, what were you going to call me about? And, I, and so instead of saying, which, uh, so the conversation with Diane when, I, when we got hung up was, what did you say to him? He was so sweet to me. He was so sweet. And she says, you didn't say what I said, did you? And I said, you know, I might not have been confident about that a few years ago, but this, my training is really giving me the confidence that I could tell you 100% of the time, I'm not saying what you said. So I gave her this example. I said, I could have said, Diane said that you, when you guys stopped by on the way to the dance to um, say hi, that you left saying, what are we even doing? What's going on with Sally? Why were we there? Right? What's going, you know, and then, um, Diane, meanwhile, is anxious about the timing, and um, so I said, instead of, instead of saying that, Diane, I said, Mo, I was so grateful that you guys stopped by. I said, you brought the dance to me. I was on the phone with the dentist. I couldn't go to the dance. You stopped by. You, 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 you liked my um, kefir. You know, she had, she had a glass of wine with Angela. She got to meet my daughter stepdaughter and so I said I just wanted to thank you for coming over here but I I got a sense when we were leaving that the, you know it's it was it was a little um uncertain like well how long is the right amount of time we we we, we don't we don't and I said I I just wanted to thank you and he's and I said and you know do do you I said do you 
something about um, how do you feel about that, that kind of miscommunication, that kind of frust, you know, frustration when the timing is unclear and you're rushing, but you know, are you, are you, are you feel good about, you know, communicating and coordinating with your partner? And he, and he goes, she doesn't want to talk about it. He, she doesn't want to talk about it. She, she just wants to say, I'm sorry, and then move on. Well, meanwhile, she's telling me he doesn't want to talk about it. So to him, I said, you know, I'd love to, um, I'd love to go on a hike and have lunch with the two of you and, and just talk about it and see what happens. And he goes, I'd love to, but don't say that I told her, told you. And then I said, I called Diane and I said, he, she, oh, he was so nice after talking to you, you know? And, and I said, well, I, you know, I'd love to go on a hike with you guys. And, and um, very quickly, she's like, I can't promise anything because he doesn't want to talk. And, and, I, and I said, well, you know, I think that sometimes, you know, you both end up thinking you know what the others, right? It's and, true. Right? And, yep. and just it's, like- It's projection. It's projection. Right, right. projection. And, and she'll, so the other way, the other thing that'll happen is we'll get off the phone and then, you know, she calls back and goes, you were right. You That's right. the whole thing about projection is it's always going to be false. It's always going to be you're seeing what you believe. That's the very right. essence and nature of projection. So if you believe that people uh, don't value you, you will experience that. If you believe that people don't respect you, you will experience that. If you believe that you're not worth appreciating, that's what you'll experience. If you know, it's just that's how this life works. So it, it really, what you can do is ask people what, what are their, you know, in a counseling situation, you can help them illuminate what their thoughts actually are. So if they're experiencing that someone is, um, being patronizing, let's say, someone is experiencing being patronizing. Well, like, even if someone was patronizing to me, I don't think it would really bother me anymore because um, they're in a place of just, they need to feel higher up or something. So um, I can, I, you know, I can just let that roll off. But if I feel I'm not good enough, then that is now going to become an offense to me. They're hurting me because they're poking me in my wound. And what they're doing is they're actually helping me to bring the darkness to the light. So it, it goes back to, and this is what many people don't like, is it goes back to you have to own your experience. You have to, I am responsible for what I see and things are just as I wish they would be. And unless you do that, you're just going to keep repeating it until you do. Yes. And so I think that, you know, in, in, the, in a, in a one-off conversation, you can't explain to people how the universe works. But what you can do is you can know the truth about them and you can see their wholeness and you can let them know that you see their wholeness. You see, know the truth about them. 
and not commiserate with their story. Yes. You know, yes. and by not commiserate with their story, it's like say, oh, I'm sorry life feels so difficult for you. And um, how can I support you if you actually would like to support them? And when things are, when people are really intent on taking things personally, because um, I've got some folks in my life who are very intent on that, <laughs> it's, um, it drives a wedge in the relationship. It drives a big wedge in the relationship. And so it, what it does is it makes people step back because they don't want to have intimacy with somebody. They never know when they're going to get offended and take it personally. And since it's, it's just their own interpretation, uh, it's, it's really difficult to have intimacy with that person. And it, it could be a friend. It could be a, at a workplace. You're just going to start taking big steps back. So when you look at it that way, you can recognize that one of the aspects of taking offense and taking things personally a lot is just a way to keep people away. It is a method of keeping people at arm's length, but it's their fault, not yours. So. Great. Real quick, Lori. Yeah, you're welcome. I was just, thank you for saying that about the people stepping back from people taking offense because yeah. I know that that is a big reason why I haven't had a relationship in my life because I would always become offended and I would get easily offended all these years. And I even saw that happen on Saturday night because... I came home and I was already feeling like I didn't matter. Or I was an afterthought. Something happened and I knew I was being triggered. I was observing it. And my roommate said something and I shut down and I could feel it. And, but I knew it wasn't her, but I was in it. And later on, like when she had gone out, she texted me and she apologized. And I actually, sat with it and I sat in front of my grounding board and I offered it all up and I started crying and I was able to write back to her and I said, miscommunication happens. It pushed one of my triggers. It pushed one of my triggers. And when I feel like an afterthought or like I'm being blown off, it brings up an old wound. It's my stuff, not yours. I'm still working through it. And just, and, and it like shifted something. And then later when I saw her, just by being able to offer it up, I saw all of this happening. Like, oh my gosh, this is what's caused it all my life. Me taking offense, me pushing people away because I got offended. I can keep doing this with her or I can just let it go, cry, process it myself. And then we just we picked up where we left off and I wasn't holding it anymore. And I'm just starting to see how much that's played out so much in my life. And, you know, just asking spirit, please just guide me through this and make me more aware of this. Um, because that's been such a big piece. So thank you. And I know that, it's coming up too because she's moving in two months and part, I could hear that little voice in my head going, push her as far away as you can. Don't even like, you don't want to be sad when she goes, be pissed off at her. <laughs> I was like, 
No, I, I don't want that. So thank you. This, this whole, everything that was said today, like was really helpful on a lot of different levels, but that especially was helpful, Jennifer. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. This is why love is the healer. Love is the answer at loving ourselves enough to sit with what's really going on. And it's courage. It takes, you know, that's why the word courage comes from the French word cur for heart, you know, it really, or the Latin. And it, it just, it's really about being able to come from the heart. We feel afraid. We feel threatened. Um, our identity is threatened. Um, we feel unlovable. We're, we're, we're afraid that we're unlovable. We believe that we're unlovable and we are afraid somebody else is demonstrating it to us. You know, so someone who's taking offense, someone who's pushing people away, it's all to uh, preempt getting hurt. And we're all extremely familiar with it. Good Lord, that was like my, that's where I lived. Like, it's not where I visited sometimes. That's where I lived for a very, very long time, which is why now when stuff goes on and I can, you know, sometimes I definitely get some earthquakes, but boy, then I have more healing right away. And that is awesome. It's totally awesome. And then I can share that with the people who blessed me by, you know, pushing the building structures of my identity so that I would soften up and loosen up and open my heart. So it's definitely an amazing adventure. It really is. And when we can see it, we can shift from seeing it like a horror movie to <laughs> more like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, uh, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, you, the story you shared about the water tank, I mm. thought that was beautiful. I, I mean, what a, what a demonstration of holding the space, mm -hmm. trusting in spirit, mm -hmm. and then not even allowing the ego the, um, the pleasure of, they wouldn't even, they didn't recognize, they, they're not recognizing, that they're not even thinking me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's okay. Yep. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Let's pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So grateful. So grateful. So grateful. So grateful for life just as it is to bring all this darkness to the light. So grateful and thankful that the light is within us and the darkness is nothing. So we're grateful and thankful to offer up all these dark thoughts, whether we know them, recognize them, remember them, whatever they were, are, we are grateful and thankful to bring forth a great and pervasive healing. We are grateful to allow ourselves to experience true freedom, true wholeness. We are grateful and thankful to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self and bring a Niagara Falls of transformation joyfully with ease and with grace. We are grateful and thankful to share the benefits of our expansion and healing with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. 
and so it is. Amen. 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 You know, I'll say one more thing too, which is when, you know, it really is darkest before the dawn. It just is. It's, 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 it's just that. And so when somebody is experiencing a great darkness, you can say to them that the darker it seems, the closer they are to letting it go. And, and it, it, you know, they don't have to choose to let it go, but it's possible. Yeah. And there's so much support in the invisible. All Love right. you all. See you tomorrow. Thank you. Or today's Tuesday. I keep thinking I'm all mixed up in my days. I'll see you Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Bye, Bye. for now.